Banter with your host, Alpine ISD Superintendent, Dr. Michelle Reinhardt. Good morning, Alpine, and good morning, Ruth. How are good you today? Morning. I'm well. So happy to finally meet you, actually. Yes, <laughs> excited for a little bit of a change up on Buck Banner this morning. Ruth is joining us for the show. So good morning to you, Ruth. Excited to be back here with you. I'm Dr. Michelle Reinhardt, Superintendent of Schools here in Alpine ISD, and lots of updates for us today. So let me give us a little overview, and then we'll jump right in. So we're going to talk a little bit about my visit to the Texas State Capitol last week, uh, visiting with legis the legislature legislators, pardon me. Um, also, some of our calendar planning for next year. It's wild that we only have three months left in this crazy. school year. Yes, ma'am. And already looking forward to an amazing 2023-24 school year. A uh, little bit of an update on our athletic uh, director search as well. We heard from him midweek, but just some great things happening in Buck Nation that I'm excited to share with y'all today. Yes. Go for it. <laughs> All right, let me jump in. So last week I was in Austin for some different conferences, but also for two visits to the state capitol. And while there, I was visiting with Texas legislators uh, to discuss some key legislative priorities for Alpine ISD. Um, so let me set the stage for this conversation a little bit. I know okay. we've talked money on many of our Buck Banner shows, but I'm going to talk about it through a different lens today. Okay. So first of all, I wanted to share with the community that Alpine ISD's per pupil funding, so this is how much much money we receive per student that we educate is significantly below comparable schools. So first, like, well, significantly low, what does that look like? I mean, like $1,500 less per student. Oh my. Per student. And we have a thousand students. So when you multiply that out, that's actually a $1.5 million funding gap no that Alpine ISD receives as compared to comparable or comparison schools. We might think, well, well, who are we comparing ourselves that's to? What I was ask, actually, <laughs> yeah, like, you're not letting me get away with that. Well? Yes, yes. <laughs> so our comparison school districts are other West Texas 3A. 3A is our um, size designation for UIL activities um, schools in our area. So we're talking Torneo, west of us. Us, Presidio, oh. southwest of us, Crane, Kermit, Stanton, northeast of us. So all of them get more per student. All of them get more per student. Wow. And the average that they get more per student than Alpine is $1,500. And so what we're looking at is, well, why is that, right? Why, why that? do students in those zip codes deserve more funding for their education? Spoiler right. alert, they don't. And then what can we do about that so that Alpine ISD is adequately funded as well? Um, so let's dig into a little bit about why. How did how did this happen and how right. can we kind of address this going forward? So I'm going to take us back to 2019, two legislative sessions ago. And in 2019, there were some big bills uh, that went before the legislature to fix school funding. So there was a significant school funding formula change that happened in 2019. And the point of that was it was supposed to increase funding to all public schools in the state of Texas. And in many ways, it did. I would say for 80, 85 percent of, of school districts, that worked. But there were two set of outlier groups that were affected by this formula funding change. There's one set that received like way more than they received before. Spoiler alert, that's not us. But there were some districts that received like twice as much funding per kid and not intentionally. It's just when you ran their numbers through this new funding formula, it ended up creating a whole different situation than they had before. Then at the other end, there was a group of schools that actually, when you ran all the numbers, received less 
Well, that wasn't the intent of the funding formula, no, right. but the way that they designed it and with all these different variables, there did end up being about 100 school districts that received less with this new funding formula that was actually supposed to increase funding. And Alpine ISD was one of those districts. So let's talk about how much less. In this new funding formula, we receive $750,000 less per year. And if we uh, we have about an eleven million dollar budget to kind of put that in in okay. perspective there, so you're talking about an eight or nine percent decrease in um, overall funding. And so what the state did at the time is they added in something called the formula transition grant. And the idea here was this was a temporary fix ah. that was designed to make sure every district received at least as much money as they received in the old funding formula. Oh. So all of those that received less, that was. It, yeah. it was okay. supposed to kind of close that gap, so right, to speak. Like, right. you shouldn't receive less. You're not going to actually receive more, but you shouldn't receive less. Right. And so Alpine ISD has been receiving the formula transition grant for the last few years. But, of course, Texas Public, fund, uh, public Education Funding, there's some catches to this. So we're entitled to $750,000 each year from the formula transition grant. But the state actually put a cap on how much they're going to spend on this across the state. $400 million is the cap. And so Alpine ISD actually only receives $530,000 of that $750,000. What does this mean? We receive about $220,000 less than we would have under the old funding formula. So um, a couple things to kind of think about or... Um, or process here. This formula transition grant was designed to be temporary, so it right. actually expires next year. Okay. And at that point, we're going to take an even bigger hit to our funding than what we received four or five years ago. So this is one of the things we're working with our legislators on to say it was never y'all's intention to cut funding to these hundred schools when you redid the state funding formula. Let's close this loophole. Let's get it fixed. Um, the other implication of this is remember that 80, 85% of schools actually received more funding. Right. So this is how we end up with this dis disparity where Alpine's receiving so much less because our funding got cut at a time when other districts' funding increased. And right when we were remodeling. <laughs> right. Why not? Right. Why not? Why not? And so, um, pandemic. and to share too, all of these numbers we're talking about are based on enrollment and attendance. What right. does that mean? When we're talking about per pupil funding, we're not talking about the total amount that a district receives we're dividing that out by how many kids they serve and that allows us to compare ourselves to other districts that have 100 more kids or 100 fewer kids because we're actually looking at it on a per kid basis so that you can really compare apples to apples it's instead why you of have to have an excuse note right. when you when your kids miss school so that they understand why they weren't there for that attendance right. and that money right. to be received so so again um, as we're thinking about so how did this happen how, do, how does every other district in our area that's comparable size receive so much more money? It's because the new funding formula increased their funding while it unintentionally decreased ours. And then there are other factors at play because even the 750000 you might be thinking, well, you said we receive about $1.5 less, so where's the rest of that, that gap, right? right? And the rest of that gap is some of the other factors we've talked about on previous shows, such as um, the local CAD versus state comptroller just and other areas that were being underfunded to the tune of multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars, each of those adds up into this $1.5 million gap. 
So when we um, when I'm meeting with legislators, and I'll talk a little bit more about what that looked like last week, the, this is our big focus, right? How do we close this gap so that Alpine ISD is fully funded, adequately funded, as compared to our comparison schools? Um, because our, just, our kids deserve it, too. Yes. Amen. So... <laughs> Let me share a little bit about the conversations I had last week and who I was blessed to meet with at the state capitol. So last week I met with our senator for Alpine, Senator Cesar Blanco from El Paso, and also his chief of staff. I met with our house representative, Representative Eddie Morales from Eagle Pass, and with his team. I was blessed to meet with them for like two hours, two hours of their time, which was such a gift. I know they have so many different initiatives they're working on at the same time, um, and I'll talk more about that conversation in just a minute. I'm also blessed to meet with the chairman of the House Education Committee, Chairman Brad Buckley. He's based in the Temple area, but he's really the leader of that committee that a lot of the education policy and laws are going to, bills are going to come out of. And then also had an opportunity to meet with Representative Ken King. He's from Canadian, Texas, so think Northeast Panhandle, eight uh, okay. hours away from us. <laughs> but interestingly, he is the only representative on the House Education Committee that lives west of I-35. Wow. Y'all, that's wild. If you yes. actually draw out that map, that means that, you know, I think 12 of the 13 people on the committee come from a geographic area that's about a third of the size of the state. And then there's one person for everything west that of I-35. Exactly yes. right. That's exactly crazy. right. But Representative King, his... Um, his hometown, Canadian, Texas, it's also a 3A, same size, rural, remote school district. And so a lot of alignment there and a great opportunity to share with his team about some of the um, experiences and challenges and also successes happening in Alpine ISD. So while I was meeting with these representatives and senators, really I was working on Alpine ISD's funding gap, which we kind of laid the foundation for earlier in our conversation. Yes. And that of similarly situated school districts. We're not the only school district in Texas facing these challenges, but many districts are not. And so it's really important that we're there at the state capitol raising our voices yes. and talking about, hey, here are some of the unintended consequences of previous legislation and how they're impacting our kids and our kids community. So specifically, how do we do that? How do we address Alpine ISD's funding gap? And the, the perspective I'm taking on this is, hey, if we can fix numerous smaller leaks, if we can fix this 200,000 or 300,000 here and this one and this one, maybe in two or three different spaces, that's $100,000. Right. I mean, sorry, a million dollars. And that's <laughs> yes. a big, sorry, Friday morning, haven't had all my caffeine. Right. That's a million dollars. And that's a huge, huge turn of events here in Alpine. That can and mean so, so much for our students. Absolutely. Our yeah. Absolutely. And so the specifically was visiting with them about local CAD and comptroller property value disputes. We visited about that two weeks ago, so people can go back and listen to that replay as well. This issue impacts Alpine ISD, but it's also significantly impacting Fort Davis ISD, just north of us. Right. And so I had the opportunity to visit with Representative Morales and his team. We sat down for two hours. We called Mr. Graydon Hicks, superintendent of Fort Davis ISD, on the phone, and we're all kind of brainstorming and kind of workshopping what would a solution look like to this that negatively impacts these two school districts in our in our uh, political district. And to repeat again, you said that this this particular short term fix was for how much longer? Great question. So the formula transition grant expires next year. Next year. So, so what that means is that would be an additional. Um, 
$530,000 cut to Alpine ISD's budget Ouch. next year. So the timing on was actually what we have on top, getting. right? On top, oh on top <laughs> of the 1500 shortfall per student we already have, right? right? That's crazy. So what was wild about this? Really, it was an ordained moment. So I had a one o'clock meeting with Representative Morales, and then his 1:30 meeting was um, uh, someone from an organization coming in to talk about the formula transition grant. And so he invited me to stay, which was a blessing. And we were all talking about the same thing. So I'm it was really, really. I'm so sorry. I thought you were saying like you were at some sort of seminar. So that's amazing. That timing just worked out that right. well. Right. Like this for you. is his office ah, at a conference so table, great. him and his team. And it was just so encouraging to see how um, hands on he was willing to be on behalf of our students, our schools, our community to try to figure out wait, what's causing this? Why is that? And then what can we do about it to make it right? right. So really, really encouraging. Also talked with him and with some of the other representatives and senators I mentioned about fully funding school safety and security needs. So we've yes. talked about this on previous shows, um, but this is a gap where Alpine ISD receives $9,000, no typo there, $9,000 for all of our safety and security needs for 1,000 children for a, for year, a year, for a year, which is wild. And how much does it actually cost? We actually spend 300000 north of 300000 on those needs every year. Wow. And so what we have to do is we have to pull funding from our academic funding streams or from uh, staff salaries over into this stream as well instead. But and it's so, 2023 and it's needed. It's, right. it's a must. Absolutely. Yeah. And so wow, what we're doing there, sad. again, is... is Portray or conveying the need. Here's the actual need. Here's uh, how much we receive. Here's the gap. Help right. us fix this. A um, couple other areas. One we'll talk about next week, which you kind of set the, the stage for this one, Ruth, and that is moving to enrollment-based funding and not attendance-based funding. Yes. So Texas is one of seven states in the United States that uh, fund their public schools based on attendance. And what that means is, um, so my daughter, she got sick three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So I had to hold her home that morning because she was um, she was throwing up. Not good, right? Not a good day to go to school. And, right. Got to keep her home. But the school <laughs> actually receives less money right. because she didn't go that day. Right. Even if it's excused. Right. Ooh, right. See, Even I if it's excused. If you had an excuse. Even if it's excused. And what's wild about that is it's not like the school's going to save a bunch of money. It's not like teacher salaries go down that day because a child's not there or we don't need materials for that child because they're not there. Right. And so we'll talk about that more next or in two weeks. But And this is through a pandemic and everything that's never been changed. Right, Oy. right. So there's a there's a lot of kind of motion and uh, around this issue of potentially moving to enrollment-based funding and not punishing school districts um, and kids by underfunding their schools when they have to be out. Yes. Um, and then last one I'll talk about as well, a lot of work, you've heard this in the news as well, about property tax relief. And our big push, absolutely support that. We want property tax relief that benefits local taxpayers, but that doesn't further defund schools. Most and definitely. so that's a, a balancing act there. <laughs> yeah, especially ours, especially ours. So all around, really successful visit. Um, those conversations and relationships continue. It was wonderful to meet our representatives and their teams in person. And Lots more work to, to do. And have the timing for those people to actually be there at that time amazing. for that reason. Yes, yeah. amazing. So, wow. And then, you know, there will be many call to actions on this. So hopefully this information 
is informative, but also inspires us to action, right? That we want to do, we want to be part of the solution that addresses this. And so I encourage you to dig deep into these issues with us as we discuss them in future weeks. And then we're going to need your help, right? To positively pressure our legislator, legislature to pass bills that will address these issues. So more to come. You'll hear more from me on these shows, in the newspaper, through other medium as well. Yes, ma'am. So as a community member, how would somebody dig deep into this information? Where would you send them? Great question. So I would actually start with our replays of Buck Banner, which are on our website, because we've talked about many of these issues in different 10, 15 minute segments. So that would be a place to start. Also, some of the um, articles we've been doing in the Avalanche is another great step. And then I'd encourage them to reach out to me at the school district so I can um, orchestrate a time to to chat further as well. And do you prefer like an email maybe? That's Email's probably, probably the best way. Yes, ma'am. All right. Yes, ma'am. And my email's on the website as well. Right, right. All right. So there's our update from legislative. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Legislative session um, from Austin last week. We're going to kind of pivot back to some closer to home issues, talk a little bit about calendar planning. So. Yeah. March 3rd, which is wild, only three more months of school, and then we're on summer break. It's going to be an amazing rush to the finish, so much going on, um, wild that we're already here. But this time of year is also (laughs) when we meet to plan for the 2023-24 school calendar. So you may have heard that uh, one of our neighboring districts, Marfa, is considering a really or has approved a very significant change to their calendar. They're going to a four-day instructional week. Now, here's what that I means. I didn't know Marfa was. I know of this happening in Texas. I didn't know Marfa was one of them. Yes, ma'am. Just in the last week or two, I think this went before their board. So how their calendar will work is their students will go to school four days a week and then on the fifth day it'll they'll have kind of four different things that happen on that fifth day so one day a month um, everyone students and staff will be off that's actually true already in alpine isd every month we have a three-day weekend somewhere in the month um, and then two, two of those fridays a month will be for student tutorials for so students stu- Sorry, I got all my words mixed up there. (laughs) Certain students will come in and work um, in small groups with teachers on that day. And then one Friday a month uh, will be for teacher planning. So really, it's still a five-day work week for staff, but a four-day instructional week for kids. And so we're, you know, we looked at that uh, possibility, but also we've looked at what we want to do here. And so some of the feedback I've received from parents over the last 10 months in this role actually goes in the other direction. People wanting more opportunity for their kids to be in school. And so I've received a lot of feedback about summer offerings. Ah, We were actually just talking earlier about a summer, right, some summer programming (laughs) that might have to do with the radio station. But I've had a lot of parents say, hey, is there a way the school could help coordinate um, or drive some kind of summer programming that extends beyond the two weeks of Mm -hmm. summer school that we provide? Um, and, And we're thinking about that. There's also a local community group working on that. That's really a summer 2024 um, kind of an idea or initiative. Which will be here before you know it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Absolutely right. But really, that's what I've been hearing from people. Also, in our calendar committee work, our driving focus are our district goals, which is every one of our campuses being an A campus, being an A district, and ta- building on the success we've already had at Alpine ISD to go from great to excellent. Okay. So, so I, sorry, I just, I'm new to this one. Yes, so ma'am. what exactly would be an A campus? What does that mean? 
to Great ask. question. So the uh, state of Texas has an accountability system where they score uh, each campus and each school district on their student outcomes. And so a lot of that is based their on academic. St- outcomes. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Based on star scores. Most uh most specific specifically there's some other factors in there as well like graduation rate um college going participation but mostly it's about state assessments and there's a lot of pressure on the state as well to think more broadly about what an a district or campus should look like Um, but right now it's based almost exclusively on those high stakes star tests okay all right very interesting right but how we approach that is hey if we're doing an amazing job in the classroom every day our kids are going to ace those tests, but it's not about acing those tests. It's about all of the learning and all the preparation that those represent that sets them up for success post high school. So, um, so we're still early in the calendar process, but right now we are not looking at a four day model here in Alpine okay. ISD. We don't believe that that is currently aligned to our overall goals. Now, do you want to share what your thoughts on it are? Sure. Well, it kind of relates to this next part, which okay. some districts have done done a four day model as a teacher retention or a teacher. Um, recruitment strategy, if you will. Hey, if you Uh, come here, you can work less days, right? But that's not the case with this model anyway. Right. Right. And MARFA is actually, it doesn't decrease the number of of teacher work days. That's Uh correct. Um, And so we're looking at teacher retention initiatives through a different lens. So we're working on things like increasing salaries. We just talked about the work I'm doing at the Capitol around- To try to get the funding To try to get the funding. Yes, Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We're also (laughs) doing the um, teacher incentive allotment. We talked about that on a previous show, but that's an opportunity for top- 33% of teachers in Alpine ISD and in the state of Texas to earn up to $24,000 per year in additional salary. And so we're bringing that program to the Big Bend. You're also involved with trying to get the child care situation here, which that's huge on recruiting any kind of professional. Absolutely. And then a number of other grant funded opportunities that provide both funding and also career growth opportunities for our teachers. So we're approaching teacher retention from a different lens, right? Instead of less days, which we think might negatively impact our students' outcomes. Let's not change that, but let's bring in more opportunities and more funding for and our get staff. that A rating. Yes, yes ma'am. That's yes, ma'am. awesome. So more to I come. Love but your that's... drive. I just really do. You're oh, amazing. <laughs> thank you. Well, more to come about calendar, but that's that's where we're at for now. So let's pivot to another really exciting. We were talking about this yeah. earlier as well, Ruth. A really exciting update in the district this week, and that is our athletic director search update. So now the search is over. Yes. We are so excited. What a whirlwind, though. I can't believe how fast y'all did that. Right, right, which is it took a month. Usually, and two. Right. <laughs> two coaches. Two oh coaches, gosh. yes. And some districts can do that search in about two weeks. I tell you what, ours took four weeks, but it was a really thorough process. Really proud of my team's work on that front. We had a special midweek edition of Buck Banner this week uh, here on Alpine Radio to introduce and hear from our new athletic director and head football coach 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 Andy Smith we'll have that replay dropping sometime this weekend so if you missed that watch or watch for that so you can listen in and we're just delighted to welcome coach Smith to the fight and buck family he's an amazing individual um, amazing family and really think they're going to help take us to the next level so I want to share just a little bit about about him he'll be joining Alpine he and his wife I should say are joining Alpine from Gregory Portland which is just outside of Corpus Corpus Christi Christi. they're coming from a 5a school and the number of a's has to do with size of enrollment so bigger school system, um, but excited to be coming back to the 3A level. He has served as an offensive coordinator for 13 years, and his wife, Adrian Smith, has served for 13 years as a head volleyball coach, and they are both 
very successful, accomplished um, coaches that we're just delighted to have here. So what I wanted to, to share on our end is... And a cute little daughter. Just oh, saying. she's she precious. Adorable. She's precious. Her name's Gemma Lou, and she is excited yes. to be a ladybug as well. Um, but how did we know, right? So four weeks, 45 people applied for this position. How did we know that Coach Smith was our person? And I'm going to share what stood out to us from uh, from him throughout the process. He really had a focus on developing a disciplined, structured, successful, and joyful program. Like all of that can be true. I know. For I our loved. I loved when he said he's thinking about when they leave us, yes. how they're going to be the successful adults yes. um, because of the input of of his program right. and his ideas. I think that was. I thought that was amazing. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not just the here and now, but what they're going to be. Right. I thought that was great. It's not about trophies. It's about developing champions for life. Right. And I just love that, uh, that focus he brings. I did. Um, also, just really explicit focus on further building on the positive belonging and identity of what it means to be a buck. So there already is such a great positive culture around that. I think he'll just take it to the next level. And then this is someone who builds amazing relationships with kids, sets, models, and upholds high expectations on the field, in the classroom and in one's character and so all of that just we were like check 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 this is a, these are amazing additions to buck nation and we're so excited for him to come on board and he's used to small towns too because you said he was raised in one right yes um yes, and to, to, i know for us re, with recruitment when i was at the hospital the hard part is once people get here yeah they like it but it's not quite what they thought but he's fine with it he knows right. texas he knows small town texas yes so to me that was big too yes we're excited about that so Longevity. coach andy smith will start <laughs> march 27th excited for him to join yeah. buck nation so as we wrap up today, just to kind of summarize these different topics and some of what we've, we've chatted through, I believe that part of leadership is accurately conveying our current reality, both yes. what's great, but also what's not. Hello, state funding. Um, <laughs> but then to lay out a path of hope and action that will lead us to that next level of success. Yeah, not just saying poor us. This right. This is what we're going to do. Right. What can we do? What can we do I and how that. can we fix that? And yes. so don't, don't miss the fact that there are so many great things going on in Alpine IS. Yes, there are also notable financial challenges that we need to name and then address at the state level, but we are excited for what's happening every day here in the district and also what comes next. So as always, it is a great day to be a Buck, and thank yes. you all for being here with us today. Yay, go Bucks. Go Bucks. We'll be back <laughs> in, later in the month. We don't have a next date scheduled yet because of spring break, but stay tuned. Uh, right. We'll share that on our social media as well. And Ruth, thanks for being with us this yes, morning. Yes, thank you. All right. That's been Buck Banter with Dr. Michelle Reinhardt. And wow, what a bunch of information and hope. I think that's fantastic. And I love that she doesn't just accept things. She goes out and gets it. So, yes. Till next time.